Do you guys remember that Tuesday morning? I think the date was 9-11-2001. Do you remember how eerie it was? I had one of my children come up to me and says, is this real? Or is this a movie? It was only four years old. Do you guys remember that day? That day did something to our country and it did something to you and I. That day did something to us all over the country and it also did something to this world because they saw the superpower go down. For the first time in history on the mainland, something happened that we've never expected. And the enemy, whatever you want to call the enemy, we call it terrorism or Al-Qaeda, you know, you can call it tyranny, whatever you want to call it, the enemy did exactly what they wanted to do. You know what they wanted to do? They wanted to create fear in you that you can be touched by anybody at any time. And it brought great fear. The weeks after, I belonged to a church in the Bay Area and it was packed every week for six, seven, eight weeks. You remember that? If you were in church, it was packed. But here's the thing. People weren't packed worshiping God. People were packed fear of their life. It's like, I better get my life back together and I'm feared that I'm going to die and, you know, they might put cyanide or searing gas in a stadium or an airport and I might die. You guys remember those days? I was in sales at the time and I, I'm not kidding. I got reprimanded at the end of the year because for a couple months I couldn't sell. That last quarter, I didn't feel appropriate to call someone and say, hey, would you like me to manufacture something in Singapore or Taiwan for you? Just felt stupid. I even had to go to a trip. The airport's closed. I had to go to a trip to Taiwan and then Singapore. Uh, I was supposed to go that Saturday after 9-11. And they pushed it off when the airports opened up again a month later. And I thought, this is the dumbest trip, but what am I going to do? I don't feel comfortable selling at this time. My country's wounded. I'm wounded. My kids are wounded. My family's wounded. My marriage is in turmoil. Everything was in trouble. How about do you remember this day? This was a strange day for me. About 10 years later, May 2nd, 2011, do you remember the day that bin Laden was killed? And for adults at the time, we looked at the news and said, okay, the bad guy's down. But do you guys remember the students all across the country that were 20, 24, 25, and under? They were all celebrating. Do you know why? Because the great boogeyman that the media had created, the fear had now gone because this guy, Bin Laden, was the one that was going to kill us. They were in fear, literally fear for 10 years because they were 5 and 10 years old watching this and they were riddled with fear. And Bin Laden, if you see the celebrations, look it up, all across the colleges, they were in fear and now they're celebrating because the great boogeyman was dead. I wasn't alive, but what I do know from the people that were alive, the same thing happened on June 22nd, 1963, the day that JFK died. For those that were alive, they remember exactly the day that the world stopped. The sun stopped, the world stopped. The United States was riddled with fear because the leader of the free world was killed. 
I mean, everybody that was alive knows the date if you were old enough to go, oh my gosh, something had happened horrific. December 7th, 1941. I was sitting with my father-in-law for breakfast yesterday and uh, we were talking about life and we've talked about life every time we eat. But this was the first time that U.S. was attacked and again, this one brought great fear. But the difference between the two is this. Do you know why they call that society that was raised up, even the young ones, the great society? Because the actions they took after were different than JFK and different than 9-11. 9-11, we trusted our government was gonna take over and be the solution. But in this one, the whole country got together and women started to work and men went to war and the, the country came along and all of a sudden the middle class was born and the United, United States truly became a superpower only because of the action that was taken. When catastrophic things happen in our life, fear runs through our society rapidly. As quick as COVID, as quick as the flu, as quick as anything, it runs rapidly. It doesn't have to go from the East Coast to the West Coast in 30 minutes. It hits us instantly. And when we get a place of fear, when we live and become in a place of fear, it creates vulnerability. And you know what? Americans hate being vulnerable. Other countries don't hate it as much as we do, but we live in this society. My God is a God of comfort and safety. That's not what the Bible says. That's what we say. But when we become vulnerable, nah, I don't want to do that. And you know what happens in church when the spirit of God starts to work and creates a vulnerable moment? People get up and leave. Oh, I better go get a cup of coffee. I better go to the bathroom. I better just go to the front door and get out of here because all of a sudden I'm gonna be exposed of who I really am. We're trying to not do that at this church. We're trying to be open so that you can be vulnerable. And if there's judgment, that's between them and God. That's not between you and God. So this church is trying to take those fears and those vulnerable places and squelch them in the name of Jesus Christ. We're grateful that you're here today. Happy New Year. I said that to someone and she's like, I saw you last week. I'm like, it's still the same New Year. We can happy on this day too. <laughs> We're also grateful for those online. We have a church that's been going online since the beginning of COVID and before. So let's cheer for them today, those that are online. I'm gonna look at you guys. You guys are just as valuable as everybody in here. You have just as much right to the kingdom of God and you are just as much as part of this church and we love you and we pray for you and we're gonna pray for you today as well. We're grateful that you're here today. We are on a mission from God to love the world one person at a time. That's the mission. The vision is once you get into the room and someone loves you enough to say, hey, would you like to come to church? Let me, let me show you my church. Once you get in here, we want you to become a passionate world changer for Jesus Christ. I want you to change the world. I've been listening to Jeremy Case preach for, since he was 17. And he's always wanted world changers. 
And that's what we are gonna do. We are gonna create world changers. And the first thing you need to do is receive the love that God has for you and then let God change your world and you will then become a world changer. If your life is the only life that's changed, isn't that a world changer? Here's what we're going through this sermon series called Facing the Fears. I love this setup here. We all have fears. We got little mountains to climb. We got big mountains to climb. And those are fears that we have. There's all kinds of fears. And we're going to sit in Luke chapter 12 for the next nine weeks. Today being the ninth week. And we're going to talk verse by verse about facing fears. So that we can become a church that starts to change our own world because we're not living in fear, but we're living in great faith in God. And that's the message today. Fear versus faith in God. And you're going to see how it plays out. Now, I want to take a moment. If you're online, I hope you'll join with me. But there's a guy named Jack Hayford. I, he just passed away yesterday. And Jack Hayford's church, Church on the Way, did something amazing for his, church, uh, for his community. And we're going to do that right now. So everybody stand up. If you guys are online, I want you to join in. Here's what I'm going to do. And this is super uncomfortable. It's going to make you super vulnerable. And you're going to want to run out of here. But I want to do for two minutes. I'm going to have Doug put some music on. And I want you to pray. Now I'm going to put this on the thing. I hope we have a slide for it. I want you to pray for a couple things. Number one, if you're not comfortable praying for someone else, pray that you hear the voice of God. The second thing is, if you feel like you hear the voice of God or not, whatever, then pray that you have a heart change. And lastly, if you're one of those brave persons, pray for someone else. Now, this isn't a meet and greet. Go and say hi, because we only got two minutes. So you got to jump into prayer, and it starts right now. Pray. that you minister to us right now, Father. Answer the prayers. Take away our fears. We submit to you right now. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, 
Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Jack Hayford's church did that every service. And here's the thing. I'm going to go completely off my notes right now and just tell you this. If we don't start doing church differently, we're not going to change the world. We can't just be the normal church that does a worship song or two and then do an offering and do a message and then do another thing and then hopefully you join something and you walk out of here and you forget everything and by Monday you're back in the world. We've got to do things differently. We were, at a, we were at a meeting on Friday in our office and we were talking about some of the lyrics that you guys just sang, do you really actually follow them? I mean, really? Oh yeah, Christ is my firm foundation until something else comes and takes me down. I'm going to praise a thousand hallelujahs even in the midst of chaos and cancer, in the midst of death and divorce. Do you really believe that or are we just playing church? I'm asking someone today that they're going to buy into this. We need 12 people to buy into this. I mean, I'm talking about buy into Jesus Christ, not to journey the church, not to Camarillo, but buy into the God of the universe can do anything in your life. And if you said a prayer, then you've got to decide if you want to live this out or if you just want to be comfortable and safe in your home. Because listen, church has to change. I can read all kinds of scriptures and all kinds of verses and I can twist your mind, maybe. That's not necessarily my gift, but I can do it. Or we can come together and say, hey community, we're gonna pray every week in the middle of service that God's gonna use you, God's gonna change you, God's gonna speak to you, God's gonna equip you, and God's gonna give you the willingness and the ability to buy in for the rest of your life. Here's the premise of the message today. Not doing anything breeds fear and doubt. So if you didn't pray, and if you're afraid to pray, all that does is like, oh, what am I gonna say? How am I gonna pray? What am I gonna do? All it's gonna do is breed fear and doubt. But there's another side to it. If you tend to do something, if you take action, it breeds something else, like confidence and courage to be able to go through and do and climb any mountain that you need to climb today. And then the end of this says this, and this is probably the most important part. If you want to be a more than conqueror of your fear, the Bible says we're more than conquerors. If you have fears today and you want to become more than a conqueror, you've got to do something. You can't just sit in your home and think about it. That's what we do. Let's pontificate. Let's get some philosophical ideas or we can face it, we can deal with it, and we can get rid of it. I think of myself as, when, when I do this, think of yourself as da David. There's a guy named Goliath. He walks out and he says, I've got to face it. 
there's a guy out there and there's an army out there and this guy is humongous and everybody's gripped with fear. The king and all the army. And David says, I gotta face this guy. So he faces his fear. The next thing he's gonna deal with, he's like, well, I'm not gonna use this armor that they gave me. I'm gonna use what God has equipped me with. He goes, I got a slingshot and a rock. And that's how I'm gonna deal with it. And then the last one is to get rid of it is to go out in faith and say, I'm gonna take a step out in faith and trust that God's gonna meet me when I meet my Goliath here. Now, I don't know if you guys can see this, but my stage right now has a huge gap right here. So I'm walking in faith already that this is gonna hold up tonight. Thanks guys for setting this up today, it was good. But here's the thing about fear. Kim put this list up last week. It affects you emotionally. 9-11 affected us emotionally. COVID affected us emotionally. It affects us spiritually. It affects us physically. And the key thing that I got out of last week is when we live in fear, we stop learning. Because we're so worried about fear that we stop learning and we don't do what God wants. So here's what it says today. Jesus is so amazing because he knows exactly what we need at the exact right time. And today we're going to go through a piece of scripture. He's talking to the multitudes. Last week we got to a place where Kim set up the verse, but it was talking to a multitude. That means there could be a thousand people. But now today, as he's got a thousand people around, he, he took, he turns to the twelve. And he's talking to the 12, but he's teaching to the multitudes. And that's how Jesus is. And maybe you're one of the 12 today that he's talking to. And here's what he says. Dear friends, do not be afraid of those who want to kill your body. Those that want to kill your body, 9-11. Maybe even COVID. They cannot do anything more after that. Father, hear our prayer. Father, we submit to you. Don't let us sing any lyrics, Lord, unless we truly mean it. Don't let me say I'm gonna do if I'm really not gonna do it, Lord. And I pray right now in your Holy Spirit that you will create buy-in for someone or 12 or 200. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. He's teaching to the 12, but he's talking about the Pharisees and they're hypocrites. Here's what we look like in hypocrites. I'm gonna worship you, Lord. I'm gonna put my firm foundation in you. And on Monday, I'm putting myself into my job, my career, my marriage, my, my relationship, my school, my education. I'm gonna do this because my firm foundation is really not you. That's called hypocrisy. And Jesus is teaching hypocrisy in the first part, and now he's looking to his people and saying, hey, beware of them, because what they're doing is, they're, they're saying one thing and doing another. Is that not who we are and what we're doing? And he says, don't be afraid of them, don't fear them, but be aware of them and guard your heart. One of the greatest messages that Christians can hear every week is guard your heart. As you head out of here, guard your heart in the lunch line. As you head into work or school tomorrow, guard your heart. But don't fear them, he says. What can they do? They can kill you. Sometimes death doesn't seem that bad. The religious leaders at the day, and some today, were saying, oh, we love God and we have these flowing robes and we're righteous, but at night, 
They want to kill somebody, Jesus. And in that text that Kim read last week is what's going to come out in the night will be revealed by the day and in the light. It'll happen to your life, it happens to my life, and it will happen back then. But now Jesus is speaking to the disciples and he's talking to them about martyrdom, which means I'm going to die for my faith. And everybody's like, hey, would you die for Jesus? Oh, yes, because it's Sunday and I don't want to look like a fool in church because most of us would say, no, I'm not. But he's talking to the 12 and all but John are going to die because of their faith. They're going to be martyrs for Christ. And so was Jesus. He was going to die at the cross for you and I. Here's the message that God gave me Thursday. He says, when we live in fear, we will do fearful things. How many fearful things have you done during COVID? When you live in fear, you will do fearful things. I'm not talking about masks and all that. I'm just talking about your life. Having a mask or not having your mask, that doesn't mean faith over fear to me at all. That's how you live. When you live in fear, uh, fear, you're gonna do fearful things. But if you live in faith, I put 10 to. It should be we will do faithful things, but Christians have hypocrisy, and I'm a Christian, so I have hypocrisy. We tend to do faithful things. You live in faith, you got a better chance of doing faithful things with God. Don't worry about this world. Listen, it's not your job. Your job is your world, not this world. It's not your responsibility. The Bible says the government shall rest upon your shoulders, right? No, it's not what it says. It said it'll rest on his shoulders. That doesn't mean not vote, vote. Open up your Bible and vote. That's not what I'm saying. It says the Bible will rest on his shoulders. My job is to impact my world through Jesus Christ and live faithfully and walk in a faithful life with Christ. And Kim said it beautifully last week. The only way I can do it is work on a perfected love in Jesus Christ. Perfect love. And so that's why we're talking about, do you love God perfectly? No, but you got to work towards it. We're going to half-heart it. I was actually going to say something else, but I said heart at the last moment. Thank you. It's the second time this week I've controlled my tongue. Thank you. If that's not a miracle, I don't know what is. Why? Because here's the thing. Here's what I want you guys to know right now. Why? What is Jesus saying? Jesus is telling you that death shouldn't be a fear. If we die, we go to heaven. That's the best part of our life. This is the worst part of our life. Heaven is better than earth. Death is my victory. There's no sting in death, the Bible says. There's no fear in dying because I'm a Christian. And listen, if I die and God strikes me down, Liz, celebrate, would you, please? You know what we have planned. Celebration. And Jesus is saying, why are you worried about dying? I had a friend of mine, his name's Stan. He was preaching all during COVID to all of his friends. Why worry about death? Why do you worry about death? What's the big issue about death? And then guess what happened? 
His wife died. And then you know what he had to do? And you know what his kids said? Dad, I guess you're going to show us how to live that out, aren't you? This beautiful woman, Christy. And you know what? Stan is thriving. Because he still has faith. Is he lonely at night? Heck yeah. Is he sad? Does he cry? Yeah. Death. It's not to be feared. That's what Jesus says. Here's what he says in the next verse. He says, verse 5, he says, But I tell you to whom to fear. Fear God. But I tell you whom to fear. Fear God. The one who has the power not only to kill you, but to send you into Guyana or to hell. Yes, that's the one to fear. Don't worry about what the terrorists can do or what COVID can do or what another human can do because they can only kill you. As a Christian, that's a blessing. There was only one to fear, and that one is fear God. But we don't. I was in church at a 9-11. They weren't fearing God. They were fearing death. They were fearing what was going to happen. They weren't worshiping God. They were saying, God, save me so I don't die. Life is just a mist. I was at a life celebration yesterday. My buddy Brooks, him and Sharon used to sit over back there. and He was married for 63 years and his wife passed. 63 years of marriage. Incredible. Jim, you guys are getting close. But Brooks would tell you today, man, those 63 years is a mist. It went so quick. James chapter 4, verse 14, life is just a mist or a morning fog, it says. It's here today and gone tomorrow. And what we are, we're trying to save this life and hold on to this life. And the Bible says I'm going to lose this life if I do that. But if I let it go and don't fear and I live for the fear of God, then I gain a life that I've never expected. My job is to teach obedience. And you know how I teach obedience? I try to be obedient myself. That's the, that's the number one thing I can do. My testimony is the best testimony for me to teach because what I say up on stage, if I don't do, it's just a hypocrite. I got girls I've been raising and I've had to come home and, you know, say sorry and I've had to come up on stage and confess being angry and fighting with my kids. Otherwise, I'm teaching hypocrisy to my family. And that's what Jesus is teaching us. He's like, don't worry about those that can kill you. Worry about those that can send you to Guyana. It's derived from this word from the Valley of Hemnon. It's a place located in South uh, Israel, uh, Jerusalem on the west side. It's a, it's a crazy place. It's where they used to sacrifice kids to the God of Moloch. And then King Josiah came in and got rid of that worshiping God that wanted little children. And they made it a junkyard. They made it a garbage place. And it was always smoldering with fire. And if you've ever smelt death, it doesn't smell good. There were tons of bodies there. And it became the dump of the area. And they used to call it hell every time they passed it in Israel. And they're like, you're going to end up there. Don't worry about uh, being killed. Make sure you don't end up in Guyana, the Valley of Hemnon. It was a very stark reminder for everyone in Israel. 
Some of the most confident people in the world saying, I, I met someone last week going, I don't fear death. I'm, I'm meeting with my friend every week and he's walking through a, a stage four cancer. But listen, everybody that I know that says don't fear death, the last day or two, they don't want to die. I agree, I don't want to die. I mean, I need at least one more taco before I go. <laughs> if, I, if I could just stay on topic, it would be so good. You know what, I, I, again, I wanna just kinda break away. Do you guys know what happened Monday night? The, the, the world is changing right before our eyes and God is in an awakening stage. Monday night, there was a football player that had a cardiac arrest in front of the world. And I don't know if you guys saw what happened. I wasn't actually watching the game. I was doing something else and I, I, I got a text, pray for DeMar, who's DeMar? This guy in the NFL team, he's a young rookie, 24 years old, in the middle of the game, gets hit, gets up, falls down, and has a cardiac arrest in front of all of his teammates. And I don't know if you guys watched it, I turned it on. And as they're doing CPR, the players are walking away because their friend is dying. And again, the whole country are, you know, the most watched sport in our country, people are watching Monday Night Football. And for the next two hours, you guys know what the network ESPN was saying? Prayer. This is not a Christian company. This is not a company that believes in prayer. But this man and these people, and they were visibly shaken and crying because their friend, uh, a teammate, is dying. Football is one of the only team sports that you need every player. Soccer, occasionally you need a guy. Hey, stop that guy. But in football, you need every player or you'll lose the game. And this guy dies on the field, gets, resurre uh, gets resurrected of sorts. They rush him to the thing and they're talking. The next day on ESPN, there's this guy named Dan Orzolowski. And in the middle of the show, he's just like, man, I I'm gonna do something. I don't know if it's appropriate, but I'm just gonna pray. And this guy, Dan, in the middle of the beginning of NFL Live, just starts praying to God because he feared God more than he feared his, his employer. And then last night, my buddy John called me. And he's like, again, I had a super busy day. I've been swamped all week. He's like, are you watching this? Every football team today will be on the knees in the middle of the, uh, the, middle of the field praying in Jesus' name. Every team today will be praying. And I missed this and I turned it on and watched it on Twitter about five minutes after. And every one of them, and the newscasters are talking about, this is God working in our country and uniting us. And for once, we're not fearing in death, we're fearing in God. And our community and our country is uniting around this young man.
Why? Life is fragile. It's fragile. You wake up one day and someone's passed. And there's something that dies in you. If it's ever going to come back. But God, but God can. He could and would if he was sought. And he can, and he does. Fear is contagious. Faith, it's a work of God. It's a masterpiece. And all you've got to do, the Bible says, is have a little bit of faith of a mustard seed and let that work of God, that masterpiece, take over. Fear is a liar. We sing that song, fear is a liar. It's a liar. Faith, it's a stance. King, da- uh, King David, as he's out in there, he's taking a stand. He's like, I don't know, but I got God for me. He's not against me. So I'm going to take a stand for Jesus Christ. I'm going to take a stand for God, and I'm not going to fear man. If this guy Goliath kills me, I'm going to be in the arms of Christ in just a few minutes. And if not, Goliath's going to go down and the country's going to unify around the glory of God like it's happening today in our country right now. Fear paralyzes, but faith in God mobilizes. It gives me the action and the ability to stand and be courageous and say, I'm going to break through today and I'm not going to fall back in what I was just a minute ago. I'm going to step through this new place. I'm going to walk into a place to mobilize my faith and I'm going to buy in and I'm going to believe that God is my firm foundation. And I'm going to believe no matter what happens on Monday morning, if I get a flat tire or if I get fired, that God is still good and he has a plan for me. And finally, fear creates stress and anxiety. Why do you think COVID has really been strong on us? We've been anxious My daughter, she's got so much anxiety that she didn't have before COVID. That makes me mad. But faith in God is the only thing that can bring you peace and love. so that you can make that stand. Jesus says this, red letters. So don't be afraid, little flock. Don't be afraid, church, little flock, for it gives our Father great happiness to give you the kingdom of God. It's here. Do you want it? And if you want it, you gotta say, I buy into it, and I receive it, and then I make the stand to live it out. And that means no matter what, if my marriage is falling apart, you stand in God, and whatever happens, that's what God wants to happen. Here's the last verse. And now it gets personal. He goes from this, Mass casualty. Why do you fear about someone killing you to very personal? That's the beauty of God. God knows everything going on in the world, but he's also very personal. Here's what he says. 
What is the price of five sparrows? Two copper coins? Question mark. Yet God does not forget a single one of them. And he says in verse 7, the very hairs on some of your heads. I had to add that. <laughs> Again, if I could just focus, I would be really good at this. Uh, and the very hairs on your head are all numbered, so don't be afraid. You are more valuable than God's flock of sparrows. Do you guys want to hear a little capitalist? I, I got a degree in marketing. You guys want to hear something separate? This is completely free to you guys. You don't even have to pay for this. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 29, so if you got a job and you got a small business, he says this, one sparrow or one coin buys you two sparrows. But in Luke chapter 12, two coins buy you five. He believes in the economy of scale. Costco version. Okay, sorry, let's move on. <laughs> it's biblical. Listen, if God remembers the sparrows, he remembers you. If you feel forgotten and lost today, you're not. Don't let that fear and don't let that thought rattle in your, in your brain. It's not true. You're not forgotten, you're known. You're not forgotten, you were wonderfully made. You're not forgotten, you're a masterpiece. You're not forgotten because he sent his son to die for you. You are not forgotten because he resurrected for you. You are not forgotten because his love abounds anything in this world because God's love never fails. Amen. This thing about hair. It's said that a redhead, got any redheads in here? Three, good. <laughs> it says the redhead has 90,000 hairs on their head approximately. The dark-haired people, can I get a shout out for those dark-haired people? 120,000. And the blondes, they always get the last laugh. 145,000 strands of hair on their head. But you know what I read in this? God knows Jeff Rodriguez has 126,392 pieces of hair on his head. And I love that man, even though he's a hypocrite sometimes. Even though he sins sometimes. Even though he doesn't treat people correctly all the time. Even though I have a selfish, self-centered mindset that God still loves Jeff Rodriguez with 126,972. <laughs> The Lord is aware of everything going on in this universe. Everything. Every living thing. Now listen, this is my theological stance. I don't believe he's in control of everything. I believe he gives you free will to choose or not to choose him right now. Or to follow him and to buy in or not to buy in right now. That's the way I believe theologically. But yet when you understand this, his gaze upon you, upon his children and their life... He fixes your eyes upon you individually. He knows the hairs on your head and he knows all of your pain and he knows all of your suffering and he knows where you need, you need him most. And simply put, here's what it says. When you hurt, he hurts. When you're hurt, he knows. Maybe he doesn't share it with you the way that you want, but it doesn't mean he doesn't know and it doesn't mean he doesn't care. Those paralyzing events of 9-11... November 22nd, 
and December 7th have had mass casualties in our society. December 7th, we've seen activity. December, November 22nd, not much. 9-11, we let the government do it. COVID, we let someone else do it. What we need to do today is get on our hands and knees and pray that God is in charge and God can do it. Here's the last thing I want to say before we close. There's an enemy out there in your life. You can call him Lucifer, Satan, the boogeyman, whatever you want to call him, tyranny, evil, I don't care. The enemy has undervalued the intimacy of God so much in our lives. We feel like he's distant and far away. And the blessing is he's right here today. The Holy Spirit is right here today. You could taste him. You could feel him. It's there. Pull it down into your lap and let the glory of God reign in your life. It's here right now for the kingdom of God to expand. You've got to buy in and allow that to take over your life. The intimacy of God is right here. And Jesus loves you. It's not just a children's song. It's an anthem of God. Not doing anything breeds fear and doubt. Taking action breeds something else like confidence and courage. If you want to be more than a conqueror, if you want to be more than a conqueror, you can't sit at home and and think about it. You need to face your fear. You need to deal with your fear like David. And you need to get rid of your fear right now. When we live in fear, we do fearful things. And you know one of the fearful things we'll do? Is we won't do nothing right now. It's taken an hour and nine minutes to get to this place. Everybody's heart settled finally. We've sang some songs. Some have given in the offering. We've saw the pastor cry several times, shout and yell. But now, before we sing this song, now the Spirit of God is at work in your life. And He wants you to face your fear. What mountain do you have to climb today? What fear do you have? I've been living faithful. When you live in faith, you tend to do faithful things. And my hope is you will do something faithful today. You prayed a few minutes ago. It's been about 32 minutes since you prayed. And I hope you'll act on that prayer. The last thing is this. This is what Kim said. Perfect love casts out fear. The only thing you need to do right now is work on your perfect love. It says casts out. That means fling, toss, get rid of. It means to drive out like a a cattle herd driving out into the range. It means to expel like I got expelled from high school. That means you can't come back. It's gone. You're not supposed to come back until you're allowed back in. And it never is allowed back in because Jesus Christ doesn't want you to live in fear. He wants you to live in faith. So if you're willing right now, will you face your fears? If you have fear today, will you stand? (laughs) 
You know, the Holy Spirit is moving right now and we're gonna sing a song in just a second. But here's the thing, I don't want you to sing the song if you can't really buy into it, that Jesus loves you and that we really love him. It's better just to sit back and I'm not saying don't worship, but maybe sit back. There's a work of the Spirit happening right now. Do you guys feel that? Someone needs to face their fear and say, I've got to do something different. The Lord told me specifically today and yesterday that someone in here just needs to fully submit 100%, no matter the pain or the cost. There's a point and Jesus came and this rich young ruler came and said, I followed all the commands, what can I do? And he said, sell everything and follow me. That means give everything to God, your house, your car, your pride, your will, your dreams, your wants, your addiction, your hope, and your life, and get on your knees and say, I'm selling it all for Jesus Christ. And here's what I know, he'll respond and give you back more than you ever wanted. If you're here today, you need to face that fear. Or maybe you know the fear, but you just gotta deal with it. Get your slingshot, Stand up like David and go, I know you gave me this tool, Lord. So however you're going to win this battle, I'm going to win it for you. And there's also someone here that's just ready. They've been, ang they've been ang uh, anxious over this fear. And all they got to do is get rid of it. If that's you today, lift out your hands and give it to God and receive his glory. In Jesus' name, receive his glory. In Jesus' name, receive his glory. Father, we close this day. Not closing to your spirit, but we close this day. Singing songs and watching someone buy in and experience freedom like they've never had. If there's someone here online or in person that doesn't know Jesus, all you have to do is confess and believe and receive the faith that transcends this world. Goes like this, all you have to do is repeat it. Father, forgive me, come into my heart, come into my soul and be my Lord and Savior. You died upon the cross for me and you rose so that I can be in heaven with you for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.